Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two co-hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a screenwriter in Los Angeles. And I am your other host, Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States, and also a screenwriter in Los Angeles. This used to be a podcast about news and politics and history, uh, featuring the perspectives of myself, a modern millennial, and those of Abe, uh, one of our great presidents returned from the dead. But during the pandemic, we realized that it was time to chase our dreams, and now it is a podcast about making movies in Hollywood. Abe, um, you had a kind of a week off. You were on a trip looking for fundraising with Michael Bay that I was uh, not on. It seems like you. I, it seems like I was not invited because I, I had just had COVID. That's that's it, right? That's it. First of all, point of correction. It was not a week off. I might not have been doing the podcast. No, I get that. Yeah. I was very much on. And it was all work. Sure. MB took me to some pretty great rooftop decks. And yeah. we were on some excellent yachts. And we definitely sipped some mojitos on some beautiful sandy beaches. Mm-hmm. But that whole time, we were still networking. And trying to, frankly, make you a star. So I don't think you need to worry too much about, um, you know, oh, I'm out there having all this fun and I'm on these private jets and I'm eating. All well, the- you kept sending me the pictures of the jets and the yachts and stuff like that. It just it looked very fun. It, it, well, it, it was fun because when you love what you do, yeah, then what you do is not work. It is fun. And it was right. work, but it was very fun. And even when I was, you know, just shaking hands with you know, beautiful models. Yeah. Or, you know, going skinny dipping with incredible businessmen. I <laughs> were the mo sorry, were the models doing the skinny dipping too, or was it just the businessmen? Oh no, it was just the businessmen. Gotcha. So you would like finish a pretty serious like entertainment meeting and then one of the businessmen would be like, Let's go skinny dip? Or was it you pitching this? You know, it was mostly just understood. If right. one one of the businessmen, you know, takes off his clothes and gets into the pool or the hot tub or the koi pond or wherever you are, everybody else is going to get in. You got to follow. You can't say no at that point. Yeah. And with the models, you know, you meet them. They're, they're hanging out by the pool. They have got just mm-hmm. big, juicy, stacked briefcases full of excellent figures okay. and projections and they have a lot of just beautiful enticing tempting ideas i keep of, thinking you're going one way but then okay yeah keep going about how you can best get you know high rois getting the yeah. ides the mbes the all sorts of those things and yeah, the businessmen, they just want to like, you know, they similarly want to take shots and skinny dip and gotcha. Well, um, did you, did you get any successes or were just a lot of like, yeah, we'll see, you know, or, or like maybe we'd be interested. Oh, we got a lot of, maybe we'll be interested in that. <laughs> and that's really encouraging. In fact, sometimes I felt like. It was just kind of MB wanting to catch up with some old friends. And I would I would kind of say to him, hey, we had this whole, I don't know, 
three-hour Marco Polo game with these businessmen in in this in this um right you know in ground pool. maybe maybe you go underneath a, a businessman's legs and then you pull him up and then the businessman play chicken on your shoulders and stuff like that i was going to say yeah we did a lot of chicken fights too with yeah the businessmen on your shoulders everybody's right. naked and i would say we didn't really talk about the movie a whole lot he said don't worry baby this is how things work and these things they take time right so yeah that was pretty much miami for us and uh the caribbean and cancun and back up to different parts of southern california well that's great man congratulations uh it was pretty boring here I, you know i i you sent some notes back about potentially coming up with some versions of the script for different investors i worked on those a little bit but then mostly i just i stayed in the costume which i still haven't figured out a way to wash kevlar body armor um which is becoming a problem because i as i talked about on the last episode i uh, i had to go to the bank again this week and it um the guards there thought I was starting some kind of trouble and the police got called because it's just an issue for a guy like me to walk into a bank with Kevlar body, body armor nowadays or movie theater or most public places. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there as a society, I think. I hope so, Timothy. I hope so for your sake. And if listeners out there have any suggestions about how to wash Kevlar body armor. I asked them last week. They didn't send me anything. Uh, maybe you know maybe next week but if yeah if you know how to wash kevlar or any kind of military grade armor um please please email us hey um yeah oh what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say you know your pockets are still pretty full there you still have all those condoms i guess i do i still have all the condoms um i've been going to like singles nights and stuff like that and again i'm still trying to get into the part so i'm wearing the sentinel costume it is smelling bad, and at one point I walked into a uh, like a singles night uh, speed dating thing, and they were just like, "You can't be here." And I said, "Why? Is this because like white guys aren't allowed to wear Kevlar body armor in public spaces?" And the guy said, "No, sir. You smell terrible." And I just I was pissed off at that point. I just came home and and um, yeah, slept in the body armor. Yeah, that's a bad beat, Timothy. Yeah. Sorry you got treated that way, but I think you handled it really well. Thanks. Look, I'm just I want to be a, a face for white men in body armor in public spaces. <laughs> Anyways, let's get away from this. Um Buddy, we're here to, today to talk about uh something that let's admit a fair amount of male screenwriters struggle with, and that is um writing love interests at least that's that's a fair amount of the criticism that we've gotten on our scripts wouldn't you say that's the case yes yeah now all the criticism we've ever received from on our script has been from a person who didn't understand how scripts work so and is dumb and didn't get us and uh was kind of a hack i agree with that yeah totally so controlling for that yes yeah but even still yeah people had a lot of comments on love interests they said things like the way we wrote was one-dimensional or not interesting or... Or she, this is what a mom does. Uh, she's treating him like a mom. Stuff like that. Kind of a wet blanket right? character. Why doesn't she get any jokes? Always doing setups. Yeah. A lot of jokes are at her expense. Right. Why would she be in a bathing suit in this scene? Yeah. Right. Why is she always 
so horny. Right. Or, well, well, even if it's not the love interest, um, you know, in the early drafts, people would be like, the main character shouldn't start out uh, peeping in on a shower, a woman in the shower. And we were like, excuse me? They did this in Revenge of the Nerds. And then they'd be like, yeah, we don't like to remember that. So there's a lot of unwritten rules about love interests that you have to keep in mind. And those are... Well, all of the unwritten rules, probably, the ones we just listed, I would say. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else we want to add on the unwritten rules. Hmm. No, I guess we'll come across them. But the let's talk about our character. Our character is a character called The Whisper. Yes. That is um, the love interest in, in Metalhead. And let me back up and just say that, like, you don't need a love interest in a movie for—, for it, it depends on the movie you're trying to make, right? Like— Moneyball. Moneyball is a favorite of mine. It doesn't really have a love interest. You have an ex-wife that's there, but the the growth is about him creating this team. Fine. If you do have a love interest, it's it's important to make them unique and to enhance the story that you're trying to tell. Ours is a spy lady who dresses in all black, and she has little rockets that shoot electricity out of a wrist thing on her hand. And we've gotten a lot of critiques that this is just Black Widow. Um and our, like, and we're not film school guys, but, like, our kind of in-the-know, like, researched response to that is, um, but she has a hood. So she has a hood that she pulls over her head, so it's not like Black Widow. She's different than Black Widow. Yes. And whereas Black Widow is haunted by her past as a spy and the... Yeah irreversible procedure that they forced her to have so that she could never have a child and therefore Mm -hmm. always forced to question her own womanhood and whether or not she had to sacrifice that key element of her human being in order to be this killing machine never capable of creating life on her own and our character did not go through a procedure she was just kicked by a goat and everything got all hard really hard yes yeah everything got all messed up in there and we even say that in the the screenplay notes we're like all the tubes and stuff they got busted and twisted and tied up i'm starting can i tell you i'm starting to like tear up a little bit because i'm just thinking the monologue that she says to metalhead where she says my tubes are all twisted and messed up they're on the they're on the log outside of the cabin and she's like i can't you should stay away from me because my tubes are all were hit by a goat and they're all twisted and messed up and i'm just thinking of like and metalhead's like i was actually just looking for some directions on how we could tackle the bad guy but that's the thing about our character the whisper she's always launching into her backstory right and unlike black widow where we see this flashback of her in this strange mansion where she's wheeled away by some russian madam and has some sheet over her Right. You know, and she's given some procedure with some fuzzy doctors as her consciousness fades in and out. Our flashback is just, boom, goat kick. Yeah. Straight to the belly. Right. Um, yeah. And that informed, that informs everything. It's that, that exercise, that screenwriting exercise of if that, then, you know, if she got kicked in the goat, then how does that affect the rest of her life? You know, like... How does that affect her education or her dialect or the way she fights? And she fights different because she's someone who's been kicked in the 
stomach really hard. Her tubes are all messed up. And she'll tell, you know, I know it's a powerful scene when she tells Metalhead, but she does say, she talks about the tubes and getting kicked seven or eight times in the script to different people. And that, her her fighting style is affected by that because she never goes straight on to somebody, like behind, because she knows you could kick behind you or you kick in front of you. She always is approaching at an angle. Yeah. And she's kicking in people's stomachs, which is both, it's hard for her to see the pain in others that she experienced herself, but she knows how effective it is. So it's a go-to move for her. So that's how it's done. I mean, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about other things. Like the best advice I have for writing love interest is like, especially with humor, write all the jokes you have with your like really funny main character but then you just flip the gender and they work totally fine and there's no problem there. That's why people, I think, will see that the Whisper is a real ball buster. The, the, the Whisper cracks it up. You know, she'd be at like a table of comedians, like roasting people for sure. Yeah. And once she can tell that she's getting people going, she just keeps yeah. going, goes for that kill, really, really walks things out. Yeah. Or her other mode is talking about her tragic backstory where she was kicked by a goat. Correct. Correct. Now... Because it's our movie and we're trying to highlight one character, the person that gets the best jokes is obviously the main character, and that will never change. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. And then I'm trying to think of the other notes where they kept saying, like, you're treating her like a mom. Like, there is a, there is a, I would say a 10 to 12 minute scene where she puts on, like, a Swiffer wet and um, cleans, like, underneath like to the sides of metalhead's fridge and just talks about how like you need to clean this area out more frequently because there's stuff that gets down here which like i just thought about like women in my life and that was the first thing that came to mind so i wrote that scene and then later on we show how metalhead's been affected by that scene yeah and that he spills a bunch of cereal on the floor and he kind of just shrugs and walks away and that's really us showing that he understands that now he's got someone who's going to clean up for him. That's right. Yeah. And that's growth. And that's the kind of growth you want in any script. And then, you know, I feel like we've been dancing around a little bit, but I feel like we should talk about intimacy. Um, And now you and I have talked about this. I plan to, if this goes into full production, which I'm positive it will, I plan to be the intimacy coordinator for our movie. Um, because I, I'm the one who's been with the script this whole time. And I just feel like if we hand it out to, uh, another intimacy coordinator, they're just going to screw it up. But, um, and I love that role for you. I think that'd be really good. You'd have a really good presence on set with that. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. But yeah, we're really going for one of those HBO style, um, sex scenes like, um, you know, where the, the, woman it's mostly the woman being naked and then they're like really up toward the camera and the guy they're basically covering everything naked about the guy and um but it's empowering because the woman's on top exactly the woman's on top and you only see the woman um and the the guy guy could probably wear something and i'd be fine with that but the lady can't but he doesn't have to wear any sort of protection because she's like reminding him a couple times like i'd be kicked by the goat so there's right you know, we're not going to cook anything up in there. Yeah, she says that at least... She says that before they get started and then during, like, remember, I got kicked by a goat and my tubes are all twisted and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, God, I'm just I'm getting excited to shoot this stuff. Just talking about what a great um, love interest we wrote, man. Is there anything? Are there any other like basic tips that we've missed? Let's see. I'm checking our list right here. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, give them quips. Right. Yeah, we gave but, them quips. But not as funny as the main character's quips. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Make sure that they have a um a tragic backstory. Boom. Yep. Got that. Oh, and then make sure they have a strong want. Yeah. Yeah. The whisper wants something. Yeah. I think that's clear to anyone. She wants to be around the metalhead. Yeah. Yeah. She wants. Um. She wants. She wants to be a spy. Yes. Um, and she wants to wear dark, shadowy clothes. She wants to put the hood over her head. She wants to shoot little rockets out of her wrists. And I feel like, like, you know how an appetizer, like, these aren't, we don't have big answers to that, but we have a lot of small answers. And I feel like, you know, when you eat, like, an appetizer tray and then you fill up on it, like, it's going to translate in that way. I think so, too. It's like on an exam, when you look back and you're like, okay, that was the rubric. Well, I kind of did that. I should get some, at least get partial credit. Right, right. So yeah, that's it. That's how you, how you knock it out of the park with uh, writing a love interest. So, you know, we don't want to give too much away for our scripts, but um, otherwise you're going to have to see the rest. That's why you're going to have to stay tuned for uh, our Metalhead. Reading. Yeah, yeah, right. <sighs> that felt good just to reinforce that like you're, you're a good writer and the script you've written is good. It just, it feels good to go back and be like, wow, I can't believe we pulled this off. I tell you, any writer struggling out there, all you need to do is write something and then go back and read through it and think about how good it is. And you know you're a good writer if you write something, first draft, and then you go back and read it, and you're like, I love this. This is so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. What were if, you going to say? If you don't like your writing, then you are not a good writer. You're a bad writer. Yeah. Uh, folks, if you have any advice on writing a... Uh, a love interest, or if you have any advice on how to wash Kevlar body armor, or if there are businesses in the Los Angeles area that are friendly to white guys walking in with body armor. I've gotten a few, but they're out in like kind of more rural areas. Email us at 15 minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. That's numerical one, five minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. And as always rate review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, Abe, any more fundraising trips or anything coming up? Nothing on the calendar, but you know, I think MB he likes to live dangerously, so we'll see what yeah what happens. Okay, I would love next time you go skinny dipping with those businessmen. I would love to come along. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'll tell uh, I'll tell MB about that, All right, folks. We will see you next time on Fifteen Minutes.